0: One of the most impactful stories that I like to share about public speaking and why it's so important to really use your voice to influence people. I was speaking to a group of young girls and they were 11th and 12th grade in high school. And I was there talking about what success meant and, you know, how you define your what's next and your goals and goal setting. And there was one young lady in the back of the room. She just was not feeling me for whatever reason. She wouldn't look my way, head down in the phone, texting, shifting her body weight, breathing really hard, agitated, quite honestly, that I was there. And I kept my eyes on her, although the other young ladies were engaged and asking questions. And I just kept saying, wow, I I can't. She's not paying any attention to me. And that has never been... Uh, The makeup of anybody in my audience so I kept watching her and she just would not shift her focus so after it was over I was able to really network with some of the other young ladies and I kept my eye on her and I went to her and I said hi and she said hey and I said what did you enjoy about the speech she said oh it was it was okay and she said now again tell me what TV show you're on and I went excuse me she said, you're, did you say you were a part of a reality show or, you know, in other words, she was questioning my success. And I said, no, I'm I'm not on a TV show, but I'm, you know, Kermitra Burton. I have X number of degrees. I've accomplished so much. And, um, and, and this is my story. And I'm here to share my journey with you to help you ladies get to the next chapter of your life. Oh, but you're not on TV. So you're not successful embarrassed afraid hurt I'm like wow did this 11th grader just throw shade right I'm not on TV and so I asked her I said well is that your picture of success she said yeah I admire and she gave me the names and all the people she had named were reality stars and I said you know that's great but what is really their claim to fame how did they really get there Did they influence? Did they help? You know, what's their credibility? And she said, what does that mean? I said, what makes them so great that you think they're so successful? And she named all the attributes. And it quickly made me think that her version of success was reality TV and it's nothing wrong with that. But I really wanted her to think differently about that because if you look at reality stars, they're not going to be reality stars at 85 and 90 years old. And so I really wanted her to think about sustainable ways to be successful and so we began the mentoring relationship and I talked to her about education and the value of education she came from an environment where that just was not instilled in her so as her mentor that was my job to talk to her about education and moving forward and 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 making you know a good life for yourself and influence and helping people and building community So the first thing I had her do was an exercise about tell me what you're good at. What do you enjoy? And she said, I love talking to people. I love negotiating. I love debating. And I said, you should be an attorney, a lawyer. And she said, me, a lawyer, an attorney. I I mean, what does that even mean? And I said, based on what you told me, what you're like and what you're good at. These are some of the basic maybe traits. You got to go to college now of an attorney And she was open to it. So I introduced her to some attorneys in my community to talk to her and maybe job shadow. And she liked it. And as a result of that, she went to college. She went to law school. And now she's a practicing attorney with a family. And I always tell her about that story. And we laugh. She said, I said, what? I want to be a reality star. I said, girlfriend, you were hard on me. And she's an attorney now. And that is why it is so important when you're speaking to people to not only give information, but also inspiration as well. Hello, and welcome to the Mind Your Business podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carmetria Burton. This is the podcast for all things entrepreneur. If you're looking to start your business, scale your business, sustain your business, or to take your business to the next level, this podcast is for you. Each episode, I interview entrepreneurs, leaders, and professionals from my network to get their thoughts on current events, trends, and most important, what advice they have for you, the listener, to help you achieve your entrepreneurial goals. Before we get to that, I want to tell you my story so that you know exactly who I am, what I've been through, and why I'm the right person to help you with your business goals. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes and share it with people you think will benefit. Without further ado, here's my story. So raised as a kid, I was a very awkward, talkative, inquisitive little girl from Houston, Texas. The daughter of very young parents, um, still married to this day, and my grandmother was the cornerstone of how I was raised. And she told my parents to, you guys continue your education, go to college, and I will raise, I'll raise her. You guys just go and do what you need to do and, um, and she'll be fine. And so my grandmother raised me and God bless her soul. I was able to spend some years with her in Atlanta several years ago before she passed. But when she raised me, it was always around love and family. And my grandparents are Clyde and Dorothy Walker. And they were always known as people. If you needed help, you needed a place to stay. You were job transitioning. You were going through a hard time. They always had a spare room for somebody. Come stay with us. You can stay with us as long as you need to get on your feet. Um, So there were always family members around, and through my grandparents, I learned the sense of community, what it meant to build a community, or your tribe, as I called it, of people that you loved, trusted, and everyone worked towards the common goal of helping everybody be successful. And with any given day, my grandmother was always cooking and cooking for people or cooking for the church. And while she was cooking, I was there, but I wasn't cooking. I was reading or studying because she would say, "Okay, you sit over there and you read or you read me the recipe. You tell me the measurement of these ingredients because she didn't have much education and she valued education and she wanted me to do different. So while she was cooking, I was instructed. You sit over here and read. That's all you do. You read me the recipe. Get your lesson, as she would say. So learning the value of education and community was Definitely things that my grandparents taught me. Mm, my grandmother, in a few words, a woman of very little words, quiet. but it was a strong silence. And she loved everybody. People that she would just meet and they would meet and talk and interact, and after they would leave, she would say, "I love you." So just just a loving spirit, very quiet, but a strong, quiet, silent type of woman. Growing up, I I was total opposite. Little girl full of questions and and very inquisitive. I asked so many questions that my family would say, we'll pay you to be quiet. Be quiet for five minutes and we'll give you $5. And by four minutes and 59 seconds, I would just burst because I couldn't hold it in anymore and I would lose the bet. The inquisitive nature did carry over to school. And as I got older, my grandmother began to say to me, little girls should be seen and not heard. And I never knew what that meant. Little girls should be seen and not heard. And I grew up in the South and a lot of women, when I share that story with them now, they can relate because I think, you know, women before us um, always thought that, Right. And I think there's some value in it. You know, the value in communicating is knowing when to speak up and knowing when to shut up. And as I got older and went to college, I remembered that. And I went into a shell. I stopped talking as much. I stopped asking as many questions. And I just with, I retreated. I was very quiet, but I, I listened and observed a lot. And even in college, I was just quiet until... One day in my marketing class, Catrice Dyer from Southern University, I remember this professor, I raised my hand and I had an answer. And it was done so well that after class, she said, wow, I want to hear more from you. There's more in that head of yours. What are you thinking? And that was a pivotal point for me in my college year to speak up because I had something to say. So what my grandmother was saying, little girls should be seen and not heard is, Know when to speak up, know when to shut up, know when to use your voice at the right time. And um, as a result of that, I was quiet for years. But in college, that was that was a pivotal moment for me to, to knowing what she really meant by that statement. Going into college, I thought I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. And it changed. Um, I wanted to major in marketing. I wanted to be a meteorologist. I wanted to do journalist. Then I thought about mortuary science. But I think it was confirmed when we had career day at my marketing class when I was in college. There was a corporate executive, black woman, that came and spoke to the class, and she was so sharp. She was articulate. She was buttoned up. She was smart. She had great energy, I loved her story. And I said, oh, that's it. I wanna go to corporate America. I want the corner office, I want the Brooks Brothers suits. I want the pearl necklace, I want the hair in the bun. I wanted to be the corporate executive. And that speech from that career day is what changed my life and and made me confirm that I wanted to be a part of corporate America. As luck would have it, things changed. The perfectly laid plans, always gets detoured in my opinion for the betterment of, of, of the good and right out of college degree in hand decent GPA enthusiastic energy focus tenacious all the right words of a college graduate I just was not landing a job I was interviewing well my my resume looked good. Um, you know, I had a methodology to my interviews, and the one thing they don't teach you in college is that you know you have this degree, but you got to learn how to market yourself, right? They don't really teach you that. And so I was doing all these interviews, not landing a job, and got very discouraged. You know, I just spent my life four years in college. I can't live a. I can't land a job. What's up with that? What's wrong with this story? That doesn't feel right. And so my dad said, "Well, you know." You could come work for me. And I said, wait, what? Work for a small business? No. I went to school for four years. I want to be the corporate executive. I want to give back. I want to contribute to a corporation. I am not going to work for a small business. And he said, okay. He dismissed it. Several more months, me pounding the pavement, looking for jobs, interviewing. Still nothing. And so I had to tuck my tail and go back to dad and say, okay, dad, what do you want me to do? And he said, you're right out of college. I could use your energy, your theory, your business development skills to help me build my business. And I wasn't totally sold on it. And he said, I can't pay you, but room and board for free. I'm going, no way. A college degree graduate living in the basement of her parents' home. Not cool. I did not want to do that because all my other friends were thriving, getting their one bedroom apartments and moving on. And I would have been living with my parents, helping my dad grow his business, living in the basement. So I had to do it. I took my tail and I really began to get into the business. And I tell you, that taught me a lot because um, I really had to, to to really rely on what I learned in college, think strategically, grow the business. And the bottom line is, if I grew the business, that impacted my family. My dad, working for my dad and being his daughter, two different things. And that's one thing I learned from my dad. It's always business, never personal. Working for him, it was, you're not my daughter. You're my business development leader. This is what you do. I want you to be here on time. You can't be late for meetings. I could not use the excuse of, oh, I'm the daughter that I could be laden and and, kind of slack off. He was very hard on me. And I appreciated that. And as I kind of matured more, I'm glad that he was hard on me because I think when you take advantage of any situation, you minimize the impact and the lessons that you can learn. And so I'm glad that he was hard on me. And, you know, everybody in the team, I didn't want to be treated like, the daughter, or, you know, don't say this around her, or she's going to get this over us. I did not get that treatment at all. But after work, I would go back to being daughter. You know, hey, dad, let's, you know, let's go to lunch, or, you know, how was your day? Or what are you doing this weekend? So um, for business, it was always business and never personal with my father. And he did not treat me with any exception. I began to really focus on the business and was making sales calls, business development calls at different corporations. And it is where I got my first job doing a sales call with a Fortune 100 company. They liked the way I presented myself. Um, They liked my business acumen, my energy, my professionalism. They made me a job offer while working for my dad. When I told dad about the job offer, he, he smiled. I was pleasantly surprised about his response because I just knew he would be so focused on me taking over the business and he said if that's what you want to do do it you've helped me well you've got a lot of great experience and 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 I think that that was the right advice because I am here today to tell that story he supported it wholeheartedly and was very proud of me the first job right outside of the family business was Omaha Nebraska Yep, Omaha, Nebraska. Had to pull out the map, look for Omaha. There it was right in the middle of the United States. And I'm thinking, you know, as a young black woman, will I survive in Omaha, Nebraska? I'm thinking about the diversity of it you know, the, you know, a black Baptist church or where I was going to get my hair done, all the things that a young black single woman would think about at that time. And um, I took the job. I was excited about it. I wanted that corporate experience. I wanted to go in and contribute and capitalize on the experience I had learned from helping my dad grow his business. And um, I landed the job as a as a very entry level marketing assistant And was excited to be there and contribute. And I was able to bring a lot of the skills. You know, being an entrepreneur, one thing I love about entrepreneurs, they know the value of the grind. The grind, the hustle, whatever the word is, you know, they're not going to work 40 hours a week because they know it could be feast or famine. So I came in the door with an incredible sense of work ethic. Um, One thing about me is you're not going to outwork me, right? You may be smarter than me. But the value of hard work and work work ethic was something that I brought in the door right off. Um, the value of relationships, I also learned that um, and the value of keeping your word, you know doing exactly what you what you say you're gonna do. Perfectly laid plans, first job, Going well, feeling great about my corporate career, um, had performed well, had done well, great relationships, stellar um, job performances. Again, one thing they don't teach you in college, layoffs, workforce reductions, however you want to call it. And I was a part of one. And although it was called a layoff, but in my head, I was fired that that is how it registered. I was fired. I had come to work that day. Like any normal day, my boss and the HR manager pull me into an office. And when you see your boss and an HR manager, you think, what, I'm about to get promoted. But the energy in the room was different. I said, this doesn't feel like a promotional conversation. And so they opened up a folder and they said, you know, unfortunately, Kermitria, you know, due to climate change, company revenues, we need to downsize, workforce reduction, but this is a way for you to get to the next chapter of your life. They tried to make, you know, make you feel real good about it. And unfortunately, you have 30 days and we're going to have to let you go. Here's your severance package. Um, here's your career placement where you can go get your resume done and they can teach you how to interview and all that. And thank you for your service. And I went, what? This is not supposed to happen. I mean, I've performed well. I have a degree great performance reviews considered one of the rising stars on my team and I was being laid off, fired talked to my dad about it and he was so cool and this gets back to you know you're so young and fresh out of college and you have these A, B, C, D, E, F, G plans and when I told him that I remember calling him, I said dad I have something to tell you and it's bad I mean it's really bad dad I mean it's really really bad and he's honey are you okay and I said I got laid off fired and he said that's it Said, how dare you minimize that he was like honey it's not personal companies go through it all the time and oh by the way it's gonna happen to you again in corporate America it is the nature of the beast and so again It's business, not personal. Something my dad always taught me. I was able to frame it around that and not take it personally. Carmetria. it was nothing you did. It was a company decision. And so I tapped into my community, right? and, And told them what happened. And my community were, they were positive about it because a lot of people in my community had gone through layoffs. So they were able to talk me through it and Say it's not that bad. Don't take it personal. I mean, it doesn't mean you're not a good worker. It's business. It's not personal. So after the drudge of being laid off or fired, as I called it, um, tapping into my network, a friend of mine um, had positioned me with the company and she said, there's a position in supplier diversity that I think you'd be good at. And I'm going, what is supplier diversity? I didn't know what it was. And she said, you know, essentially, a lot of companies now are getting really serious about this diversity, this diversity thing and this diversity topic. So there's the employee side, but then there's the business side and the business side funnels through the supply chain department. So they're looking to bring in small businesses and help them fulfill corporate contracts or products or services to to help the company. She said, I think you'd be good at that because you work for a small business. You understand what it means. You understand what entrepreneurs are looking for. You have corporate experience and now you can have a seat on the other side of the table and helping them get in the door. And I said, okay, it sounds good. And so I interviewed, 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 and then I got the job. And so now I have the pleasure and just the um, I bring so much passion to the work and helping small businesses get corporate contracts and what does that mean supplier diversity is just ensuring that any products goods, or services that the company procures that a small business a woman-owned business minority lgbt disabled or veteran businesses are getting fair opportunities to bid on those contracts and that's what i do i coach and train those businesses i go out into to the community and teach them how to do business with corporate america and then i make sure internally that the corporation is making sure we're meeting our goals and spending so much with those businesses. So as a result of me going out and, and, and helping and coaching businesses along the way, public speaking in the communities and, and helping businesses sort of elevate their business based on my experience, um, I, I've been able to, you know, go out and speak and coach and train. And after one engagement, there's a woman that asked me, she said, could you mentor me? And I said, me? I'm not old enough to be anybody's mentor. But when you look at a a mentor, a mentor is a person that you admire, respect and value their opinion and their experiences. And you can help other people along the way, along their journey. And I said, wow, I'm going to be somebody's mentor. I can't believe it. And being a mentor really allows you to give back and pour into other people. And it is building your community at the same time. So that is one of the things that I've really enjoyed about public speaking is the ability to influence people in my audience. It's not always about information. It's information and inspiration. And being able to influence them, you know, the right way and, and to think about things differently and help them shift the way they think and feel about their about their goals or their what's next. We are in a different climate. 2020 was supposed to be the year of change and definitely it was change, change that we couldn't control. And we are in a climate now where business is down, small businesses particularly have had to uh, pivot, adapt and focus on their what's next. And a lot of small businesses, quite honestly, feel isolated and are really questioning, should I even continue this entrepreneur thing? The climate has changed. Consumer spending has changed. The COVID-19 has really shifted the way people are thinking about economics and spending money. And should I even continue this? And, you know, I would say to the small business entrepreneurs, yes, you should. Entrepreneurship is the cornerstone of our economy. Entrepreneurs employ so many people. Um, Entrepreneurs create legacies. But if you're still questioning that in this current climate of COVID-19, I would tell you a few things. One, this is the time to think about diversifying your business. Because all of us were on quarantine, if you didn't have some type of technological presence, meaning a website or any type of um, online presence, now is the time to start thinking about that. Because the way we do business will be different. No longer will people want to go into brick and mortars and make a purchase They can purchase stuff offline now for convenience. The other thing is this is a time now maybe you shouldn't be looking to grow your business, but maintain the current business and relationships you have. So maybe you wanna update your website. Maybe you wanna recreate your brand. Maybe you wanna diversify your product offerings. So don't get discouraged. Think about maintaining and sustaining in this current environment, because growth at this time May be a little risky. It may make you feel a little, um, a little more stagnant. But once we get out of this climate, then I think we should look at maybe growth strategies. It is your community and network of people of people that you love trust and admire that will keep it real with you and they are focused on your success you have the same values they know what's important to you and it's reciprocal as well It's a group of people that are helping you achieve your goals through the information that they can share. They can be your sounding board. You can ask them for advice, opinion, resources, whatever it is. But your community is your group of people that will support you. They have your back. They will point you in the right direction. All for your collective good. Thank you so much for your time. I really hope you took something away from today's episode. If you have any questions about anything we've talked about today, feel free to reach out to me on my socials, which are linked in the episode description. And again, if you like what you heard, subscribe and share it with your network. This podcast is sponsored by the VDART Digital Talent Management product and solution firm and wouldn't have been possible without their support. A huge shout out to the Russell Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship right here in Atlanta for providing us an amazing location to record the episode. Production for the podcast is done by the Audiographies team, Danur Sapolia as the producer, and Jacob Smulian as the editor. The music is by Keenan Willis and Yolanda Weathers. Stay tuned, and I'll see you in the next episode.